Well, we're talking about the disciplined life of a, of a woman in the home and in their life. And, uh, and I appreciate, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, that our author does not start right away with what you would think of from a human standpoint. She starts with the most important aspect of uh, any kind of uh, management of our lives, and that is by uh, getting us into a relationship with God so that he manages us. You know, God is the God of time. He's the God of eternity. Time is no problem for him. And if you are a believer, the Holy Spirit indwells you, and you have the one that can enable you to redeem the time, know the right priorities, have the wisdom for the choices that you're going to make, and have real peace about it all. So to not put the walk with God first would be to miss the whole point. Now, we do need to look at how to then take that into practical application, but uh, that's... I'm very thankful for the way she starts here. And so today we're looking at developing a passion for God. Uh, talked about the importance of the Word of God, and now we're going to talk about a passion for God's Word. If you'll turn with me to Job chapter 23. Job, of course, struggled in trying to comprehend all that God had allowed Satan to do. He didn't know the story that was going on uh, in heaven, but you can see even when he's struggling, he was sustained by his understanding of truth. And uh, if you'll look with me, Job 23, verse 12, neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I think that's really a neat way to say it. I, his word is more important to me than even my physical necessity for food. I need the spiritual food, the daily bread of God's word in my heart. And I, I desire that more than anything else. And so that's what we're going to be looking at here today. Uh, there needs to be the discipline of developing a passion for God's Word. You can have a disciplined Bible reading, but there needs to be a passion for your Bible reading to where it becomes a necessity to you and uh, you are um, not wanting to live without the Word of God and you want to be in the Word. It's not something that you just have to do. Now, understand that your flesh will always battle anything spiritually. Now, if you just approach the Bible from an intellectual standpoint, he won't battle you much. You know, some people just love to find out, you know, what's the latest neat thing they can find in the Bible. Um, they, some people look for numbers. <laughs> some people have just a... Um, Prophecy is very important, but they just want to know all the details, and it's not because they have a godly perspective on it, things like that. But if you want to hear from God, you will battle the flesh and Satan. You really will. And so you need to understand that just discipline itself is not going to do it. Though you could be disciplined and read the Bible a few minutes every day. Uh, to really seek and search the Word of God and meet with God, that's going to be 
something that has to come out of your heart, that's going to have to be a passion that's spiritually empowered. So some very practical help she gives here in this chapter, and I'm just going to take them in the order that she gives them. First of all, refuse to miss a day. Now, on the human level, uh, it is well known that to create a habit, you have to determine that whatever you want to have as a habit daily must be determined with uh, great... uh, commitment, and accountability that you are not going to miss a day of doing it no matter what. No excuses. In other words, you've laid it out, and for three weeks in a row, no exceptions are tolerated. That breaks the old habit of not doing it and causes you to realize that you can do it. Now, that doesn't create the habit. You have to then keep accountable and be very strong for the next three months. I'm talking about any habit that you make. And if you do that, normally by the grace of God, by the way, the grace of God can enable you to make a habit regardless. But from a human standpoint, if you go three months more plus those three weeks, you will be a different person and that will be part of your DNA. And so things that are important to you, uh, you need to uh, do. And so she gives that very practical um, suggestion of refuse to miss a day. Be faithful. If you're going to be faithful in one thing in your life, you're going to meet with God. I mean, if there is something that's going to be key, that's what's going to be key. And so, um, see, because, again, Satan can cause you, he can stir up your flesh to rationalize. Women are busy people. You have a multifaceted life. You have many demands upon you. And there are a thousand excuses not to meet with God from a human standpoint. And so um, it's got to be more important than having meals during the day, as Job said in Job 23. And, uh, and so uh, it's, it's very important to make that very much a part of your life. And... Uh, you know, a lot of times people will start something and then they stop it and don't do it or they get too busy or, you know, have you ever noticed throughout a calendar year there are seasons, not just, you know, fall, winter, spring, and summer. There are just seasons of, of uh, unique schedules, a uh, variety of pressures that you face. Um, you know, a, a woman gets, that has school-aged children gets her routine down during the school year, and then summer hits. And all of a sudden, her life is not her own. Summer is wonderful, but can be very challenging, okay? Um, If you have just set it in your priority that I'm going to meet with God for an extended time, and I would say a very good, long, extended time, and you're going to be in the Word, that's got to be so set in you that you figure out your schedule with that as number one on the list. Because you're not going to be a good mother. You're not going to be a good wife. You're not going to be able to to do anything, even your homemaking and meeting with other people and doing other opportunities that you're part of. If your soul's not at rest, if you're in turmoil, if you're not walking with God, if you've got unsolved problems in your life, it's going to affect everything else you do. And so therefore, I don't care how organized you are, you are not going to be successful in what you do. You are either sowing to the flesh or you're sowing to the 
spirit. The flesh will reap corruption and there will be problems, guaranteed, but the spirit will give things that will last for eternal life. And, um, and so I, uh, I really encourage you, and I'm so thankful as she's talking about priorities and all the facets of what a woman faces and how to organize that uh, uh, and to, in the busyness of life, the life management, that she starts with this matter of meeting with God. It is essential, it is essential, it is essential, and it is so important that you have that kind uh, of habit in your life. I know this is basic, folks, but I know the reality. You get busy, what, what is the one thing you sort of drop? It's your time with the Lord. That's one thing you don't drop. The busier you get, the more time you spend. Honestly. Uh, or else you're going to have troubles with all the things that you're dealing with. You won't know how to navigate them. And so this is something that needs to be very, very much a part of your life. And by the way, when you leave your time with the Word, let the Word speak to you. And whatever the Word has said, however it is applied, what you need to take out of your life, what you need to add to your life, what you need to get right, people that you need to deal uh, to get right with, or whatever you need to do, all, whenever the Lord points something out, be disciplined to do it. And uh, boy, that will make your quiet time go, shoo. I mean, it will just make it. I remember years ago, I was at Camp Joy. We were having a men's retreat uh, with uh, the church in Chicago that I was at at that time. And the speaker spoke about the different uh, things that you commit to in your time with the Lord. And that was so helpful. You know, whatever the Lord shows me that is sin, I will confess and deal with. Whatever needs to be taken out of my life, I will take it out of my life. Whatever needs to be added, I will add it. Whatever habit I need to start, I will start. Whatever relationship I need to deal with, I will deal with it. And on and on. There's about six or seven questions. And uh, that's very helpful. So the Word of God should just launch you into the day with a vibrant, full, free relationship with God. Pray, number two, pray when you come to God's Word. Uh, open mine eyes that I might see wondrous things from thy law. Uh, Psalm 119 talks about, uh, don't hide your commandments from me. I, if you've ever heard me talk about the hour with God, you've heard me talk about praying at the beginning of that hour and saying, Lord, I can't do this without your help, without your uh, aid. And uh, that ought to be a habit as you begin your time with the Lord. Lord, I need your power to pray. I need your illumination for the word. I need your strength to, to process this properly. I want to get out of this everything you want me to get out of it. And so praying prior to your time in the Word and prayer will make it become very real. And by the way, this is important. I talked about the habit from the human standpoint. But I'm telling you, if you start meeting with God, it's not going to be a hard problem to start that, get that habit going. If it's just perfunctory, you're in trouble. Now, you can create the habit. But why do we go to the Word and why do we pray? Because we want to meet with the God of heaven. And so it's very important that we, we have that, that desire. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that can bring us into that dynamic encounter with God. 
And so really ask him to enable you, to assist you, to illumine you, uh, to give you the wisdom that you need. And do you think he's interested in you understanding his word? Right. And who's the author of the word of God? The Holy Spirit. That's the specific person, the Trinity, who authored it. And where does he manifest his presence today? In us. That's pretty good. We got the author. <laughs> now, I've often mentioned that, you know, people will take a piece of literature and literature students will try to figure out what did the author mean. Well, none of what they thought the author meant, if he's still alive and he comes and lectures to the class, means anything now because he will tell you what he meant. Now all of the arguments are done. <laughs> and uh, the Holy Spirit will tell you what he meant. That's exciting. And you know, if you'll notice, sincere, humble, good Christians pretty much agree on most things because the Holy Spirit's so clear. If you get off on intellectualism or get off on a wrong systematic theology, you can get warped on that. But if you keep a humble approach in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will guide you. Take in the Word of God in, this is number three, in a variety of ways. Um, Of course, read your Bible. but also have audios and videos, too, about the, about the Word of God. Sometimes that's helpful and sometimes dramatized portions. Now, that's no substitute for daily being in the Word. So, and she says that. But uh, we are people that need a little bit of uh, different angles that are refreshing for us. And um, I find, like, when if I'm going to travel a little bit, what I like to do when I first start off traveling, instead of... Boy, you've got to be careful turning on the radio and, and everything. Just put on Scripture and really focus on the Scripture. And it changes everything. There, you know, it's just very refreshing just to hear uh, the Scripture. And, um, and then great hymns of the faith that have Scripture in them. Uh, that is really important. That's why we like so many of the traditional hymns here, because they're Scripture. And so uh, it's very, great is thy faithfulness, O oh God, my Father. Now, that's not a scripture hymn per se, but that is there from Lamentations chapter 3, and it's very helpful. And there are many songs that are directly scripture, and uh, I would encourage you to have those out. And then, memorizing the scripture as you go along. Now, there's different systems of memorizing scripture, and I tell you, I encourage you to get into those. But let me just say this, making a list of the scriptures that touch your heart, that really you had an encounter with God with that scripture, put that down and pray over that. I have a whole number of scriptures that mean something to me, and I actually pray those scriptures and memorize them. And then you have that truth for a lifetime. And so that really does uh, help. And so be uh, uh, memorizing. You can actually, uh, um, you know, have the scripture around wherever you're working. Uh, things that you want to, uh, um, to try to memorize, passages you want to memorize, or concepts you want to hear over and over. Sometimes you heard a message and there was a portion of it that was very helpful on a truth. Well, then maybe just get that portion and listen to it a few times. In other words, be purposeful in getting that truth into you. 
As I've mentioned before, one of the things that I'm so thankful for as a pastor is that I have to, that which I study and learn and get excited about, I have to speak it. Many times I'll speak it more than one time. Well, who gets the biggest benefit? I do. I get convicted the most about it. And then I also learn it and articulating it. And by the way, um, this is going to be talked about. One of the best ways for you to keep truth is share it with your family. Share it with somebody else. Um, give it to uh, maybe somebody you're praying with or whatever. Uh, but having to articulate truth will really help you keep it. Find a rhythm. This is number four. A rhythm or pattern that fits your lifestyle. Uh, and so um, I do believe that early in the morning is still the best time to spend time with the Lord, if possible. Um, but how you memorize and how you spend time in the busyness of your life, um, every person's a little different. Um, and so if you can come up with a habit with different facets of meeting with God that really fit who you are and how you function, that's very legitimate if you're faithful and it's not an excuse. Now, I personally think you need time with the Lord in the morning for the entire day. In fact, your planning for the day has to be done in the context of that. And so there's no substitute for that. But you know, there are different elements of learning scripture and all that can be placed in a different day. For instance, twice a week you could spend time studying you know, take an hour that you know that you can normally in the rhythm of your life take and actually study out that's something. If you teach other people, then that's a great time to do your study for that Bible study. But um, it doesn't matter whether you're teaching or not. That's a great help. Or you might have a time that you work on memory. And, uh, and without being too overly organized, you just get it in the flow of your life. And it's such an encouragement to do that. All right, the next one is be a woman of one book, the book. Now, there are so many good books, she said, that you can spend time reading. She talks about that for herself. But you don't want to read any other book until you have really put the, the book first. Even books about the book, which can really help you, ought not be first. Uh, and so... If you only have time to read one book in a day, which book are you going to read? All right. Now, a lot of books, quote unquote, articles, blogs are on this thing. Okay. And we've got to be very careful about making information on technology uh, in importance to us over time spent meditating in God's word. We are so distracted. One of the reasons I think early in the morning is so important is that if your mind gets going on a bunch of things, it's very hard to settle down and meditate. And that's why be very careful of getting distracted prior to getting into the word of God and be disciplined with that. And that's, a, that's quite a challenge uh, to do that. But uh, get addicted to your Bible you know how we like to have read something? Well, pick that up first. Now, there are a lot of good books that you can read. You can really be richly helped by other books. But I'm afraid many times uh, uh, Christians will pick up a good book to the detriment of reading the book. 
And I think that's um, a very, very important. Uh, in fact, like one leader she talks about when he died he was too weak to open his Bible but he was just clinging on to his Bible as he died <laughs> and uh, I, um, I just uh, I've had some very precious people that I've known my grandmother, my mother, my father die and one of the things that just gets to you is to look at their Bibles our family fought over it no not li literally fought but uh, yeah we did <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, those Bibles, my mother's Bibles, my, uh, were just marked up from Genesis to Revelation. And uh, as you went through her Bible, all of a sudden you found your own name in there. There it is, there it is. That's verses that she claimed. The Bible was speaking to her. And, um, and so we need to be known as, a, uh, for you ladies, a lady of the book. A person ought to say, there's a lady that prays and there's a lady that loves her Bible more than anything else. And the life will show it. The life really will show it. Be accountable is the next one. And uh, it is important uh, to those closest to you, especially as you are endeavoring to make this the passion of your life, you have to overcome other habits. You have to overcome distractions. You have to get the busyness of life brought under control. And, um, and so uh, your husband, people closest to you, uh, can be a help in uh, any aspect of how you're trying to develop your um, Bible reading and then into study, into memorization, and it's a good time to maybe talk about how you're doing. And a little bit of accountability can be a blessing. It really can be as you are starting maybe into a new. In other words, you've had the habit of Bible reading, but you look at it and say, you know, five minutes isn't going to cut it. Okay, I have got to get into a full, large amount of time in prayer and in the word. And so, therefore, uh, this is what I'm going to do. Would you pray with me about this? We'll talk about it because I am serious about this being center in my life. And then she has another one that I think is good. Beat the family. In other words, beat them in getting up. You say, whoa, boy, that's a, that's a challenge. I found when I had all the kids in the house uh, that that was absolutely vital. There was no way I was going to have a quiet time with God if I did. And I had to get up pretty early in those days. Um, it was the only way to survive, and um, but uh, it just it was worth it. And I remember one speaker said, "When you meet your family, you need to present Jesus because you're walking with Him because you've met with Him." And I, that really rang deep in my heart years ago when I heard that. That so meet with Him that just like Moses came down off the mount, you don't even have to talk about your devotions, but your Family knows that you're walking with God. It's real. Uh, it's just it's an unspoken thing, and so I I agree uh, with that. And of course, if you have children, our mornings a bit challenging, <laughs> and they will test your Christianity. Uh, or if you're married, uh, your husband can test test your Christianity in the morning. 
Some of you have bears that get up in the morning out of their hibernation. Others of you have real chirper husbands that are ready to go at 3 a.m. and you want to kill them, you know. Um, so everybody's different. And, uh, and so, if, but if you have your time with, uh, in the Word, uh, it'll make all the difference. And then teach your children. I told you we get to this. She brings this up, which I think is so good. Um, as you learn, you give. Remember, and I've said it many times, we receive for what purpose? To give. You will learn everything that is given to you far better if you're thinking as you're learning it about who am I going to give this to, when and how. You'll take notes then. You'll write down things because you want to get a hold of it. Uh, I'll be listening to something and I'll stop and I'll realize, ooh, that I got to give. Back it up, get it down. I mean, and you learn it so that you can give it. And, of course, you benefit because you then get it far better. But, uh, but so have that. Everything you learn, every experience you have. Um, you remember, Mrs. Schultz, when I, you were asking about the Bible lands trip? What did I tell you about why you ought to consider that? It'll change the way you read the Bible. And who's going to benefit? Because what were you afraid about going? You were going to be leaving whom? Your children, and what did I say? Right, exactly. So you would receive to be able to give, and they'd be that much richer if it's God, you know, how God's timing and so forth. But uh, that is, um, that's really uh, just it came to mind. I saw Jenny there that that's, uh, uh, that's really the way it is. Everything you learn, give. That makes being at home exciting. Talk to your husband, uh, explain what God's done. Maybe just even little experiences and what God taught you from it. It enriches everything you do. Communicate to other people. You notice we always have in our um, that time on uh, uh, listening there uh, in the Christ Walk Journal. You have the I will statement and what's the other part of the, of the listening section? Share. Who are you going to share this with? What are you going to share? Because then... If you have that in mind, it'll make a lot of difference. And I'm telling you, you will enrich your children. Uh, I remember so much of what my mother taught me. She was always wanting to share. I wasn't always wanting to listen. I hate to admit that. Uh, my grandmother, oh, when I went down to grand, I love being at grandma's house, but I knew she'd always, he'd get me a, over there as a child, and she'd say, I want you to see this from the scripture. And I look back now, I wish I had listened even better because it, it would burn in my heart. It was so real, but uh, uh, she just wanted to give and give and give. And uh, that's what you want to be known for, not somebody that's piously talking about the Bible. Just somebody's real. It's so precious to you, you know. And, uh, and then finally, well, it's not finally. It's a second to the last. I've got to hurry here. Purpose to get up. <laughs> She said it. I didn't. Okay. That's what I love about these books. I can blame the author when we get to something. <clears throat> so get up on time. All right. Whatever you have determined to do. Purpose to get up. Save your sleeping for special times. <laughs> oh, that's good. I got a kick out of that. Uh, anyway, so take that for, that goes with everything else we've said. And then aim for more time. And I love that. Whatever victory you get, Increase it. 
Uh, in other words, wow, I've gotten to maybe an, the hour with God. Is that really where you want to end? Don't you think God wants more Bible study? More prayer? More times of, uh, of uh, maybe times of fasting? Think he uh, wants you to memorize? You know, keep growing. Don't stay static. If you do, then you'll go down. But if you go forward, if you struggle going forward, you come back to at least the good position. You know, and you, want to, you don't want to be static. The Christian life is never static because you are walking the walk, and the walk is to be what? Forward. Okay. So very, this is very practical, but uh, I think it's just very helpful uh, what she gives there. And I encourage you to meditate on it. Develop a passion, a passion for the Word of God. Not a duty, but a passion.